Hola, Sasha. How are you? Lovely to see you. Greetings from Bali. Greetings from Germany, the lovely Adam. Thank you so much for opening this space to connect through this channel. And well, I'm super excited to speak with you and everything that might come from this conversation. Always speaking with you is receiving transmissions of uh, insights, of things that really move our awareness as listeners. And well, we have had many talks among the years. I'm very excited about this one to be connected on different continents and to open the conversation about different themes that are important to tap on overall on the sense, on the purpose of this podcast is about to share insights of different teachers around the world on certain topics in order for us to build a stronger foundation and our strong observation about love, about energy, about sexuality, about relationships. So I would love to open first with this is like the flag question, which is what's what does love is for you? What should be your definition about love? What is love? Oof. I you'll probably find me answer that question on the internet in so many different ways. So this will be just another different way to answer it. But for me, love is our essence. It is who we are. It is our nature and it is a state of being. And in a way, what I also want to add, because we usually in our society know love as a verb, an action versus a state of being. So for many years, what I focused on is expressing information and understanding of love as a state of being it is who we are and now i also see how significant it is and important to also even understand love as the verb love as the action and truly love is all that is that is my um, belief my experience of it everything that exists is love and it is for us to be on this journey, on this life, to not only have that as a theory, but to live it, to embody it, to come to the essence of the experience of love being all that is and being all that we are. So uh, Greeks, they have different definitions of love, like different types of love. Yes. Uh, do you think that there are different kinds of love? And I will go, I will set that as example, the love of a man for a woman and yeah. the love of a woman for a man. Does these loves are different or must be the same? Uh, I guess what we can speak about is how maybe this word love is very a complicated topic because it's all it is <laughs> talking about so many different things so for example if the conversation didn't start with someone asking me what is love and all they said is do you feel that men love women differently than women love men differently I could go and on a long topic about that but it would disregard what I just said about what love is which is our natural state so we have different ways of expressing love sometimes we express love even through um being firm or disciplinary, let's say with our children, that can, that can come out of being from a place of love. Sometimes we love with tenderness. Sometimes we love from a distance. 
So what it comes down to is that still we're talking about a common denominator and that is that our, our essence is love. And then how that love is expressed, that's where things can look very different between how we express our love with a friend, between how we express our love with a lover, with a partner, with a son, a daughter, a boss, all the different ways that we express it. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yes, yes, of course. And what I would like to get on this is uh, your input about maybe the masculine energy or the masculine frequency of love and the feminine frequency of love. How do you think that they, they balance, but really balance, not like in the soap opera terms or Coldplay songs term, you know? Let's say how our dynamics between male and female relationships differ from one side to the other. Meaning how do men love a woman differently from how a woman loves a man? And that is an expression of masculine qualities and feminine qualities, which some of them overlap, but others are innate to us. So for, for example, a woman is a nurturer she tends to have a much more um, nesting, nurturing, um, tender type of way of loving. So for a woman, for example, it's very common for her to express her love through cuddling, through preparing food for the man, for making a comfortable home for him, for, for doing things that bring nourishment to him. A man or masculine qualities, by nature, they are protectors, they are leaders, they are disciplinaries. And this is not to say that I don't have masculine energy because I do, which also means that I would be a protector and a disciplinary and a leader. But by nature, if I could just relax in my feminine and he really relaxes into himself and his manhood, then what really comes out of a man in loving a woman is nat a natural desire to protect a natural desire to bring structure, balance, and order within a dynamic of relating. And I say that sometimes people may judge or have a misunderstanding of what I'm communicating because a lot of women may say, well, I don't want him to bring structure to my life. I don't want him to tell me what to do. But the feminine is water. It's flow. It's a lot of emotions. And just like a river, a river flows beautifully through the structure of the riverbank. It needs that riverbank to hold it together so that she could relax and do the flow as she does. And when it comes to male and female relating, or really even in homosexual relating also, it would be a similar dance because one would take a more masculine role, the other one would take a more feminine role. But if we're talking about heterosexual relationships, in this case, what the man does is he brings structure and that is his way of loving. We love through sharing our gifts, whether that is our gifts in our career choice, gifts of listening, gifts of sharing, gifts of giving advice. A man gifts us with his beautiful qualities and traits of leadership, of bringing structure, of being able to think in a linear way and through bringing protection to the woman. 
the woman tends to love more from a place of nesting, of creating a home, a feeling, a, a beautiful space to be in, and to nurture him, whether that is through her desire to, you know, pack his lunch. I know these are all very traditional things, but they're so beautiful to me. So to, to nurture him through the little ways that she can of whether it's food, whether it's kisses, whether it's hugging, whether it's making herself available sexually and sensually for him to be nurtured through her tenderness, her love, her sweetness. So for me, it's women are representation of love, men are representation of truth. But truth and love for me are the exact same thing. So just like we are humans, we're both love and we're both truth and we're both masculine and feminine together all at the same time. But if we can decipher a little bit of that, a woman is much more focused on love. A man is much more focused on truth, even though they're one and the same. So that's where there, there comes a complementary dance between the two, because women nowadays, they want to be the, the one bring the bread home, so to speak, <laughs> and the one being financially independent, independent with every aspect of her life, which I think is beautiful. We have to maintain our individuality and independence, but at the same time, I really feel we have, we as women have been taught out of natural tendencies that we have that are actually very, very beautiful. And we have been taught to look at those tendencies as being weak, subservient, um, controlled and repressed by the patriarchy, the, the patriarchy in our society. And I completely disagree. I agree with the fact that Women have been oppressed and repressed over the ages, but I also disagree with the fact that being a nurturer in the household is a weak position. To love and to bring sweetness and tenderness is a natural feminine quality that brings her peace and joy and will likely bring her way more peace and joy than being a CEO of a huge corporation. And where do you see that as proof is in the body. Because a lot of women that are, operate in these very uh, high intense positions tend to have a lot of health issues oftentimes directed at their adrenals, their nervous system, thyroid, all that's connected, and their reproductive system. Basically what creates their female body to be female. So it's so important for us to come to that natural place of what it means to be a woman and to really enjoy the qualities that we have as women to love rather than to push the men away is the way we've been taught to distance ourselves, to isolate ourselves, but to come back to a place of being that love embodied nurturance that brings a tenderness to a relationship. And men, for example, are swapped now too. So how does a man love a woman differently? Well, he becomes the, the not the caretaker from a place of nurturance, but the protector, the one that ought to be knowing what's going on in the world. The one that ought to be knowing where to direct the family, 
to be protected, whether that's from protection from crazy beliefs that we're getting through the media and societal conditioning as a whole, whether that is from the medical world that is pushing and forcing things upon everybody and doing the proper research, he needs to be the protector on a lot of levels. And that is not to say again, that women can't take that role. I know I definitely do, but that would be the natural way, the harmonious way that we can really not come in conflict with one another in relationships, but understand that we all bring our own unique gifts and they complement one another. And another thing that I want to add, I don't even know if this was part of your question, but it's something personal that I had encountered over the years of doing this work. And it's something that really touches my heart. And this is a space to share it. And that is that we have come to a point in our society now where it almost isn't cool to be loving. Mm-hmm. Like it has become unpopular to truly love one another. And it has become even more unpopular for women to love and adore the man that they're with. And that's what we had been taught by our mothers, our grandmothers. They were taught by their mothers and their grandmothers. And the older generations had that more from a place of feeling like they were subservient and stuck in a place and feeling disempowered. So they kind of learned to deal with stuff and find these very passive aggressive ways to get back at the men in their lives. But that was passed down from generation to generation. And now we're no longer being oppressed and repressed as women in the household the way that we had been. We have much more respect and honor and adoration than the the older generations. And obviously I'm making stereotypes, but the, the older generations had the opportunity to experience. So now we're in a position of really true equality of how we look at each other, but yet the media has, done such a great job of making it be uncool to be loving and making it be such a normal phenomenon to cheat, to betray, to speak violently to one another, to be physically to be physically violent with one another. I mean, that is what we see. Like if you were to turn on Netflix and you just watch your average movie, even under the category of romance or movies about love, all those movies will have points of friction. All those movies will have... Um, something where people are no longer loving with each other, no longer respectful with each other. And that's being kind in my words to describe that. A lot of it is about just really being nasty with one another. And women have really got to unplug themselves from the amount of media nowadays that are coming out over and over again with movies that make them be a leading, excuse my language, bitch role. Because then what they're teaching the women is to be a bitch with their partner versus a transparent, soft, tender, loving, nurturing woman for a partner that ought to bring her protection, love, care, respect, and adoration. 
And the part that I was sharing with you that's been very, um, that has a sweet spot in my heart is that, as you know, Adan, I worked many years just with men, eight years only with men before I opened up the work to women. So I had very deep, intimate conversations with thousands of men. And something that I had come across was story after story after story and conversation, conversation, conversation about their feelings being completely different from the idea that women have about men. Societally, we think that men are the players, the cheaters, the ones that are difficult to get to commit and to love, and that women are the lovey-dovey ones. And in my experience, what I learned is that it's the complete opposite. When a, woman, when a man loves a woman, he's in. And I find that men overall are much more loyal with our love, contrary to popular belief, than women are nowadays, which looking at our nature to some degree, I find that to be a little bit backwards because women seemingly are so obsessed with love, the idea of being loved, the idea of loving, you would think that they would be the greatest role models for love. But what they have become are the greatest role models for emotionality rather than stability. And the amount of stories that I had heard from men that had been heartbroken by a woman is astonishing to me and way more stories than I had ever heard from women. That's never been the topic or the biggest topic for me, having worked also with now thousands of women. But when I worked with men, it was over and over and over again. Men are so um, true in their love. They're true in saying, I'm not interested. And then when they love, they're so true in their love. They, they are committed, they are stable in that. They are such a gift to women. If women could just turn off all that programming that they have received about trying to push a man away, about keeping their distance and about um, making sure that they are independent. <laughs> you know, it's super interesting what you are saying. I was having a, a talk with a priest here in Bali that he receives many tourists uh, for healings <clears throat> and, uh, and consultations. And he was telling me that the amount of couples that he receives, that the woman is on the spiritual research and craving freedom and that she because the husband or the partner doesn't understand about uh, spirituality she doesn't feel more attached and she actually feels that she wants uh, a bit controlled or uh, without a sense of freedom because now she's craving different interests right and that these women they are like cutting or generating certain rejection to their husbands. So my question is what those men can do in order to hold the space for this situation? Yeah, so let's dissect that a little bit because there's really two parts to what you're sharing. 
the what I had shared with you before is really speaking about some conditioning and programming that women carry around um, what I would call being not allowing themselves to be vulnerable. That's something different. But what I feel that you're describing about these women going to Bali and they're interested in holistic medicine and spirituality and it's like going there opens up their eyes to a world that their heart is yearning for. And then they naturally will lose interest toward their man because at the end of the day, we are now in an era where the man being a provider and just being blah in her presence while taking care of things is really not enough. Because a woman can be the provider. She can do things for herself. So what we're experiencing now is that women are more interesting of a man to themselves than men are to them. So what do I mean by that? I want to be with a man that stimulates me. I want to learn things from him. I want him to open my eyes up to a world that I have never been exposed to. And if I am yearning to learn and explore a world that he has no interest in, and I'm the one that is opening up my eyes and stimulating myself, then it's obviously going to be very easy for me to leave a partner that might be providing, that might be even paying for everything that I have and giving me a certain lifestyle. But if he's not stimulating my heart, mind, and soul, and body, then I'm still going to be yearning for that and looking for it. And when I land in Bali and I see that other people are interested in that and there's a whole world out there, it's going to be much easier for me to disconnect. So in answer to your question, what can men do, let's say, is don't get lazy about life. Don't get comfortable with a easy, simple life and search for more out of life because that's what women want. And what do I mean by that? Learn how to be a better lover. Learn how to love her physically in ways that she may have never experienced. Learn how to take better care of your health therefore also guiding her to have better health for herself in ways that she may not be exposed to. Learn more about life. A woman is attracted to a man that is intelligent, at least myself. I find intelligence in a man to be extremely sexy. And I understand that we want a man to be healthy and to, you know, not be run down and to take care of himself. But at the end of the day, for me, I look for intelligence in a man as a staple for keeping me interested because that is what my spirit, what I need to not become stagnant, but to continue to grow and evolve. And I feel that women now are looking for that evolving. And a lot of men have gotten very complacent and have gotten to a place where they have used this societal programming and stereotypes to become what they think is a great man. 
and stereotypically it has always been around material possessions, finances. So a lot of men will move toward this direction of figuring out how do I have stability financially, which is great. It's a beautiful thing to be financially stable for men and women. But once they get to that point, they think, well, I already, I already got it. I can provide for a woman. I can pay for her lifestyle. I can take care of things. And then I'm, and then what? What a boring life that would be. So I, I feel it's very important for, for a man to intellectually keep stimulating himself so that he becomes a new to a woman rather than the boring version that she's already met, explored, and is now stagnant in his growth and progression while she's still yearning to grow. Makes sense? Makes all the sense. And this links to sexuality. Mm -hmm. Here the recommendation is about how to be more uh, curious intellectually and how on overall to go towards to, to grow intellectually, which is amazing, but also sex, sex, sexuality-wise for men. Uh, unfortunately, the pornographic industry is the school and also uh, movies, uh, reggaeton or music culture, uh, which promotes a wrong direction on sexuality. So mm -hmm. how does, uh, uh, where is a place where a man that is curious, how, to, how he can grow first by himself? How, what, what's a way that by himself he can, okay, I, will need, I need to learn something new. What's the best trigger? to what's the best way for him to learn to begin to understand first of all that there's something else well first of all he has to know that there's something else because a woman will usually complain about what there is so if it seems that what is present is not working then there has to be something else <laughs> and I think that the intelligence of a human being allows for us to know that there is something more to life than the um, unfruitful versions of life that we oftentimes settle in and sexuality being that as well, not just for women, but for men as well. And again, coming back to sharing with you how I had had many conversations with many, many men, that was a common thing and a common thing that they would never tell their friends you know, it, it was something very personal and quiet, but coming to me confiding in the fact that they're unfulfilled with their sex life, even though we tend to think that just because a man is ejaculating, he should be very happy and content, but they know that just that is not enough because we as human beings are looking for deep love, deep bliss. We're looking for ecstasy. We're looking for spiritual experiences, whether we've even been exposed to the term spirituality or not. We're looking to explore and experience ourselves in other ways. And sexuality is definitely one of them. So both parties will usually know that there could be something more. And then come on, we have the internet. 
And you can use the internet to just search for porn, but you can use the internet to find any other types of information. So resources like myself and like many other people on this planet are there that are at least bringing up different topics when it comes to sexuality. The question is, can you put your ego to the side and come back to a place of being a student, even though you might be in your 40s, 50s, 60s, or 80? or 20. <laughs> can you can you put your whole, let's say, sex life to the side, all your experiences to the side, and open your eyes to something as a with curiosity, a childlike curiosity that allows for you to learn from the beginning. So the, the resource, the resources are there. But what if, how did people do that before the internet came about? How did how did we do that if there were no teachers or people sharing on this topic your greatest teacher is your body <laughs> your greatest teacher is your body and you know if you're listening to your body you will know that the body contracts and rejects what we would call porn style sex we would know that the body contracts when there's friction on the genitals that is too fast, too hard, too rough. In fact, oftentimes, if men are very honest and paying attention to their body, they may notice that their penis becomes more numb through friction-oriented sex and sometimes may even start to lose the firmness in the erection when there's too much friction and fast and hard movement. We think through the pornographic sex education, unfortunately, the unsex education, that if that is the case, maybe we have to move harder and faster and create more sensation, but it's actually the complete opposite. So your body is your greatest teacher if you allow yourself to listen to it. The problem is that most people don't wanna to listen to their body. Most people don't want to be in their body to even feel the messages that come from the body. But if we did that, if we didn't have porn and if we didn't have the religious taboo, if we were just left to explore, then people would actually find beautiful lovemaking out of the nature and the intelligence of how the bodies move together and how they guide you to connect. And that was really my gift for my journey there is no talk about sex in my household. There is, quote, no sex in the household, so to speak. But that, for me, was my gift. My gift in the sense that it left me to actually explore my sensuality and my sexuality without this output from external sources about how sex should be, how it shouldn't be, all of it. I never had any of that. So what it left me with, and for a lot of people in my generation and, and the older generations, is it left us with the opportunity to feel someone's body, touch them and go, oh, okay, wow, I'm feeling things. And oh my God, their body's feeling things. And now I move my hand a little bit and then their body reacts this way and my body reacts this way. So we learned listening to the bodies where nowadays people learn by seeing images on a computer screen and then mimicking them, having nothing to do with what the body's actually feeling and experiencing. Well, um, 
but something very interesting here is uh, speaking about triggers and speaking about the body as the main teacher. Uh, you know, a big game changer for me where, was when I saw your first video without knowing you. I got very curious about it. I was like, what is Which this? Video? Well, the, one, the first video that you uploaded in YouTube, I think, the one that has like a million views. Man's uh, full body orgasm. <laughs> so research, <laughs> research that. You know, for me, that really changed me. For me, speaking about triggers, I, I wasn't looking for it. It arrived to me. But it sparked right. my interest on a very peculiar way. I was like, what is that? What does that is possible? Why, why she's not touching him? Why, what does he's feeling? I wasn't aware that I have that possibility. Right. I wasn't aware about the energy of sex. I was aware about the friction and the uh, physically how and, and how does a traditional orgasm, maybe multi-orgasm coming many times and making the woman to come many times in a traditional way was. But about the essence of the energy, that was a big game changer in my life that actually evolved for me to understand life in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something very valuable what you share and using and all these channels that are spreading the word on what you share, because that's truly a game changer overall for us in order, because I remember perfect myself. I think this was like seven years ago, maybe, maybe eight. But when I saw that video and how was like my mind like blew up, like, wow, what is this? How, 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 how that's possible? And then I, I was lucky enough to, to, to meet you and to begin to understand the work and as a man to begin to be more aware on what those energy is, sexual energy, but the true sexual energy. And mm -hmm. that changed my life and the way on how I relate sexually with myself, with people and with my whole reality now, because it has been involved in the sense to embody, to understand life in a better way. So what I would like to ask you here, because you offer these teachings uh, on your retreats and different experiences is if you can share a description of sexual energy for us men, women to understand what is the possibilities beyond of the physical realms that most of us are used to. Right. I will definitely answer your question, but before that, I want to comment a little bit on what you shared and the impact that that video had just from you seeing the possibility. And it's interesting because that video over these many years, a lot of the comments that were left on that video was saying, that's fake. I wonder how much she paid the actors, bullshit, <laughs> you know? that something so natural, which that is a man having a full body energetic orgasm, that natural process seems so unnatural to people because we as a society are so natural, unnatural. Hang on one second, okay. And, the, and also in regards to how we find information, as you mentioned, this man, I'm not even touching his physical body. He's wearing boxers. 
So there's, there's nothing sexual per se about this video any different from watching somebody get a massage, even though that has physical contact with the body. And yet that video had a, an age restriction put on it, which is fine. That's okay. But get this, just in the last couple of weeks on my Instagram channel, I posted a video of me working with a female body at a workshop. She's fully clothed. There's a group of people I'm educating about it. And it's just me sitting by in front of her on that side. That video was taken off for sexual activity. I appealed it. They put it back on the channel. But then now I put up another video of me working on a male body. He's wearing a sarong. He's covered. I'm not touching his physical body. It's literally myself sitting to his side, waving my hand over his body. He's laying in front of me. And all I'm speaking about is the power of our sexual energy, which is a physical manifestation which is our body. That's what we are. We're sexual energy. And I'm talking about how little we know about natural healing. They took down that video on Instagram and I appealed it. And they still said that it's breaking our community guidelines. So coming back to what you were saying, how we find information, how we have access to it, we are living in a world where no one is allowed to speak about natural healing publicly or else they can be ridiculed or taken down or what we call now the cancel culture, being canceled. We can't talk about sexual energy because God forbid anybody knows the power of the creative force that we are physically manifested in our bodies because all we are is sexual energy. So we can't talk about sexual energy, we can't talk about natural healing, and we cannot talk about the healing power of sex and energy, because again, we get canceled. And yet on these social media channels, which have become our main source of media, what we see all the time is butts, boobs, people basically doing porn in a G-string. <laughs> and that is allowed. And that is the, the epitome of the world that we live in and how our minds are being controlled. Because while we have interest, while someone else may see those videos and be moved by you, we get, quote, canceled on social media channels where people pass around information virally. Mm -hmm. So just as a little side note, because I was appalled and intrigued all at the same time from what happened in the last few days. It's, it's just mind boggling to me that something so innocent and pure can be taken down while the most disgusting acts are shown on the media and that is the norm. And now going back to your question about what is sexual energy, it is who we are. So sex is what brings us to this planet. Sex is an act that two people came together and out of that an energy was created and then here you are so you're literally sex on two legs walking around you are a physical manifestation of sex and think about it also as a little side note so much topic of sex has become taboo in our 
lives in our society and we shun sex. We're not allowed to have nudity. Like I think about when people are at the beach or anywhere, people are ashamed. That is a powerful emotion, shame. People are ashamed of their naked bodies. People are ashamed of their desire. People are ashamed of their having sex. And yet we are that. So when we carry shame around those things, it's literally having shame or resistance to our innate existence. That is a deprogramming to disempower people. So we are that creative, powerful, sexual energy force. And what can we do with that? Everything in life is sex. It's love, sex, truth. Those are like my three favorite words. Sex, love, and truth. That is creation to me. Lost my track of thought. <laughs> With my three words. So when, we, when we're in this existence, what can we do with all that power? If we're sex, if we're love and we're truth. Well, first of all, we can express physically through our words, through our actions, through who we are as love, as truth, and through our sex. And that sex, that ability to generate and use our sexual energy to unite with someone else, a baby, but could also be another reality, another way of thinking, other types of thought patterns, other types of beliefs. So why do they want us to stay with that friction-oriented sex and to not understand energetic lovemaking? Because when we don't have energetic lovemaking, we are robbed of our capacity to create a more beautiful reality because we're stuck in creating the low vibratory reality through most of our sex acts that look like pornographic acts. And the other part is that it prevents us from using the sexual energy and the power of our orgasmic states for healing. Energetic lovemaking allows us to generate a lot of energy in the body. And we are self-generating batteries to begin with. But when we come together with someone else, we start to generate even more potency, even more energy. And energy is like water. It purifies everywhere it goes. So if people were making love and using that sexual energy, those orgasmic states to generate love and more power and energy in their connection, they would start to purify their bodies from all physical, mental, and emotional imbalances. And what does that look like for the world? Well, now you have a bunch of people that are much more empowered because they're not being triggered by trauma. They're not being triggered by fear. They're not living in a state of fear. That's probably what we saw the most in the last two years is how easily people can be manipulated to go against their common sense because of being in a state of fear. So sexual energy is our manifestation. That is who we are. And it is the most powerful creative force. That's what gives life to everything in existence. 
And your capacity for how you use that can go in so many directions. That is infinite possibility. And that's another side topic is sex magic. Yeah. A little bit talked about within the, let's say, Tantra sexual communities. But how is sex magic used? It's used because we use that potent creative energy to manifest things that we want to bring into existence. Rather than a baby, we want to manifest a new job. We want to manifest a beautiful community. How about we want to manifest a beautiful life on this planet for everybody collectively? What would it look like if all of us, while making love, go into a state of love, first and foremost, go into a state of high vibratory feelings and sensations of reverence and adoration and respect and love, at least for our partner first. You know, I'm not even talking about the collective, just focusing on being in a state of beauty while making physical love. And then with your partner bringing the creative spark, this, this incredible magic that we have as consciousness and bringing our awareness and bringing consciousness to feeling, experiencing, seeing the beautiful world that we want to live in. Think about how many people have sex every single day. Mm -hmm. Think about the millions, billions of people that are having sex. If all of them every single day focused on being on a state of love while generating energy, they would be antennas for beauty, for love, for high vibratory states that would literally have an impact on their communities. And dare I say, should somebody decide to do the scientific experiment, dare I say that it would lower the crime rate? I'm telling you. And yeah, they've yeah. done and they've done research on certain spiritual teachers that when they come to a certain place, the energy they emanate is so powerful that it literally can lower the crime rate. Well, what if all of us that are having sex all the time emanate that much beauty just at home? And then if you so much can do that, can you then collectively visualize a beautiful, peaceful, harmonious world for all of us to live in? That would be powerful because collectively we're creating this reality. It is molding and shape shift based on the output that we give through our consciousness. Yeah. The problem is that our consciousness has been robbed and kidnapped through what we take in. It's been kidnapped by the media. It's been kidnapped by the news. It's been kidnapped by all these sources that we allow to tell us what reality should look like. And that's our output. So we as divine human beings have the opportunity to consciously create beauty in the world. But if we're watching Netflix and we're seeing on Netflix the violence and the cheating and the betrayal and all the ways that humans live a very sad, hard, so-called ugly life, we are taught, oh, but that's life. You know, how many people I talk to with, about these topics and they say, oh, but that's life. And I say, um, 
I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg. It's life because maybe we're being told that that's how life is. And then we mimic it and we create it. What if we didn't allow people to tell us what life is? What if we sat in the beauty of our silence in, with our spirit, with our being, and we felt that life is not about greed and jealousy and violence and, and hate? If we sat with the beauty of our being, we would feel that our existence is about beauty, sweetness, love, compassion, kindness. And that's what we created collectively. Well, that's a campaign that should be promoted big time in order <laughs> for social yeah. security. You know, the thing is that we began with another campaign, which is the original scene, which is about this shame no? mm -hmm. on, on the sexual connection. Mm -hmm. since the bible since the bible but now and also i think that we go against the current with all the culture that promotes uh the opposite of this kind of sexual connection that you mm -hmm. are speaking and sharing but actually i agree with you how this should be uh, and what's the power in it but the thing is that to sense that we need to embody the in order to learn it i remember in another video that i watched mm -hmm. after yours it was an mm -hmm. interview mm -hmm. and this interview was asking how men can love a, a woman or something like that. i don't remember well the the question but your answer mm -hmm. yes and it was kiss the chest of the woman mm -hmm. Stay there, focus mm -hmm. on it, mm -hmm. the chest, the heart. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I have never done that. I, I, I focus on the nipples, <laughs> you know? And this was like also like eight years ago. And I tried it. For me, that was a trigger. I was like, okay, let's do this, you know? <laughs> and I was making out with my ex-girlfriend, ex-ex-ex-ex-girlfriend, and I focused <laughs> on it. Ex-girlfriend, Generation X. <laughs> generation X. So, but I focused on that. And I was a regular guy from advertisement world. I didn't knew this was literally my first triggers about getting to know this. But I focused on that and I did what you said. I focused on the chest and I began to kiss the heart. And actually I got on a kind of a trance. It was so beautiful. I did... Uh, energetical connection which actually we both were super amazed because both of us came mm -hmm. and for our kind of culture sexual culture that was like a wow what what just happened we just had an orgasm of me kissing not even the nipples kissing your chest and the experience as a man that i got i was like wow and i was like in meditation right and as a man that didn't meditate at all. Right. And for me, it was a big discovery. It was a big trigger, a big trigger because that meditation was love. And the kind of connection that we both got and manifested on this orgasm on both of us without a penetration, it really changed our chip on the possibilities of sexuality. 
Right. So what I'm saying here is that I think that there are easy things to that can be a trigger that maybe, I don't know, I heard this eight years ago and changed and it was like my first push on the sexual energy world. But what will be a, a tip that you can share us men on how to activate this sensitivity in order to evolve our understanding of sexuality and move towards our, on this goal that you share and this reality? Well, a couple of things to point out even from your experience. As you said, you were just a marketing guy, never was exposed to this kind of information, spiritual, nothing, you know, just quote, regular guy. And all that little video did was give you permission to enjoy. It gave you permission to not do the thing that you thought you had to do. Because for a lot of men and women, they think, oh, sex is X, Y, Z. Maybe I saw it in porn. Maybe this is what my uncle Bob told me it was supposed to, supposed to be. So now you see, oh, I don't, I don't have to do the boom, boom, boom. Oh, okay, let me try something different. And how natural it was for you to follow then, as I've said before, the intelligence of your body. Mm-hmm that then led you into, as you said, a meditative state. That's what lovemaking ought to be. Lovemaking is my favorite meditation. And I say favorite, all things sensual are my favorite meditation. Because when we connect with our sensuality through the body, it naturally puts us into a no mind state that we're not trying to fight or be in conflict with or stop trying to make our minds be busy. We just start to feel and we enjoy. So it was so natural for you to do that and discover that what if you just gave yourself permission then to do that next time on the side of her shoulder? Seems like a weird spot, but why not? If you don't have all these preconceived ideas about what you think sex is about, And you yourself just start to explore from your own curiosity and your own enjoyment of being in this meditative state to feel, you may have a very powerful orgasmic state just from her shoulder. Mm -hmm. And she will for sure. (laughs) Seems like an interesting part of the body. Why not? (laughs) It works. (laughs) <laughs> it works and I tell you it works because it doesn't matter if it's the shoulder the elbow the knee the yeah. whole body is orgasmic what we don't know is that the body has to be unlocked through a little bit of patience through staying with something long enough for it to reveal its secrets to us so you can go to any part of the body and if you pour love into it it will speak back to you and it will reflect back the beauty that you pour into it. It will reflect it back to you. You know, what's a great, uh, a great example as well that I discovered mm-hmm. with you, the hugging meditation yes. that we used to organize. You remember? For yeah. me, it was fantastic to discover that just by hugging somebody, the longer as we are used to, 
because you're yes. activating on a vertical position the whole body, no? And just yeah. by hugging a bit longer of what we used to, how you can activate this, uh, this potential, which is amazing. Right. Everything, I mean, we are self-generating batteries. We are energy walking around. Seems to have a physical body, but we're energy. And when we come together with other types of energies, we create a whole other third energy. That is the baby of the energies coming together. Even not just between humans, but let's say you're playing guitar. Guitar has its own energy. So do you. You start to play it, a third energy is created that is created only by that union between that individual and that guitar in that particular moment. So we're, we're always creating something. We're always creating something that hopefully and potentially will be something very beautiful and powerful to do. So in answer to your question, what is a tip? What can somebody do? In, in your question, I think it was more geared toward men. What can a man do? Give yourself permission to slow down. And if you think, oh, I, um, I'm already slow, go slower. Just as an experiment, as a scientific experiment, go slower and see what life gifts you with through your connecting more to feeling and less to sensation that is forced. Because when we're, when we're moving slow, we have to find the feeling. We're not forcing it. We're not creating it. We're finding it. And that is what brings our awareness, our energy to those points that then start to generate and build more energy. So my, my number one tip for men, in fact, this is my number two tip. I have another number one tip. <laughs> My number two tip is slow down. My number one tip is whatever you're doing when making love to a woman, the only thing that you have to be aware of is that she's totally relaxed in her body. Because if what you're doing does not allow her to relax, her body will contract she won't have as much energy running through her body. By default, you won't be able to feel as much energy coming from her that your body responds to. So both bodies have to be in a state of relaxation in this meditative relaxedness in the body when making love. And if all you had to do was focus on, are we both relaxed? And is what I'm doing, allowing her to relax deeper and open more, that would be the only thing that I need to bring her to heights of orgasmicness that she's probably never been to. Because it's in, in that relaxed state that a lot of energy will be generated and create those deep orgasmic states for both of us. You mentioned it on a podcast recently about when we make love, doesn't matter like if it's a one night stand or with your partner, yes. but to sync the frequency of to sync on the frequency of love yes. through the penis in order to share it on the sexual intercourse. Yes. 
but how you sync to this frequency? What's the state of mind to get on this frequency? How you how you can get this synchronization, this tuning? I think this comes back to our, the beginning of our conversation. What is love? Love is a state of being. And for example, if I just told everybody listening now to close their eyes, to be in their body, to feel their body, and then pick up that frequency of love in your body to feel it. What does it feel like for you to love? Could you do that? Yes. Like, I mean, literally, can you close your eyes and just to whatever degree that you can recall ever adoring, loving something, can you pull up that frequency of love? And maybe for somebody that it may be a challenge for to play with even remembering a time when you really loved remembering something that you loved or some moment in your life, some experience in your life, something that pulls up that frequency, that sensation, that flavor into your body. And once you can remember that flavor through a memory, then can you get rid of the memory and just stay with that flavor? Mm -hmm. And then if you can stay with that flavor, can you be making love to a woman and love her? Not because she's the love of your life, but because you're pulling up that flavor of love connected to her. Well, this is another good tip to buy. And here's, it, it's going to sound funny, but I'm full of funny examples. <laughs> Sometimes I have seen men, I always watch how people eat. I love to watch how people eat. Oh, wow. <laughs> in a restaurant and he orders like a dessert. Let's say it's like a cake with a ball of ice cream, scoop of ice cream. And when he's eating that ice cream and that cake, a woman that is sensitive watching him could think, I want to be that ice cream scoop right now because he eats it with such delicacy adoration, enjoyment, pleasure, really enjoying what he's doing. You could say he loves that dessert. That's a man that loves his dessert. <laughs> he's not going to marry the dessert. He's not trying to take the dessert home. He doesn't have any deep feelings about it. But in that moment, you go, oh, my goodness, he loves and adores that dessert. Can you do that with a female body? Why is that such a challenge to do with a divine human, miraculous, magical human being, but yet it's possible to do with a cake? Enjoy. If you're going into lovemaking, if you're going into sex, if you're going into a connection, enjoy it. Otherwise, why are you even there? So of course, love what you're doing. Do you have to be in love? I don't even know what that means. But love what you're doing so you really get to enjoy her. 
enjoy her body. Her body is the most delicious dessert that you'll ever have. And it's sad because literally a lot of women will see a man be more beautiful with things in his life, with his car. You know, how many, how many men will polish the car <laughs> and rub on her and scrub on her and every little detail is like, that's his baby. And then they just get on top of their woman, hump, bam, boom, done. And that's it. And she's like, yeah. I'm your woman and you treat me with less care and beauty than you do a car. Yeah. That's insane. Insane. At the same time, I understand the why behind it. I don't agree with it, but I understand the why. Human relationships are complex. Cars don't talk, right? Mm -hmm. Cars don't speak back. Cars don't <laughs> <fight>. <laughs> But this is where we need to have better communication. We need to learn how to be in relationships. We need to learn how to relate. So then if there are issues, if there are problems, we're harmoniously resolving them as things come up so that we can maintain that love and adoration for our partners and love and adore our partners more than we adore the car, you know, the, our clothes. And I'm saying this from a woman's perspective, women adore clothes, not all of them. Definitely. I'm not one of them. You <laughs> but, <don't> like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not a clothes person. <laughs> I'd rather be naked all the time. I don't understand clothes, <laughs> except for the cold well, climate that, that, here. That's, that's the, the best outfit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Your birthday suit. Exactly. But it, it, how, do you, how, do you, how can you love and appreciate the things that you have, but really love humans? Your partner ought to be the, your number one love. And even dare I say, more than your children. Now, I don't have children myself, so I know I could may not be the most credible source for this because I don't have that connection with a child as yet. But what I do know is that I've always in my life thought that if I ever have a child, I never want to put that child before my partner. Because my partner was and is and will be always number one. That's what relationships ought to be based on. And that child ought to be an extension of the love that my partner and I have, but not the primary focus. And I also see that in relationships a lot where the, the kids become the number one priority. And of course you have to love them. Of course you have to take care of them, but you cannot disregard the love that you have between the, the mom and the dad, if, you know, obviously if they're together, whoever the partner may be, you need to maintain that love space, even for your child to grow and blossom in, for you to model to your child that love and respect and honor between mom and dad is essential. And it's not even mom and dad, it's just humans. <laughs> We have the younger generations that are being raised being completely disenchanted with love because we don't see it in the media and then we don't also see it at home. There's rarely ever models for harmonious, loving, beautiful, sensual and sexual relationships. 
maybe you have mom and dad that are, you know, they're, they're good, they're kind to each other, but they don't have the spark anymore. They don't adore each other. They don't have desire for each other. And I personally don't, I cannot think at this moment of anyone that has been a model for me growing up and up to now even that I think, wow, that's a really beautiful relating that those two people have or three or four or 10, whoever. <laughs> but do you think considering the super high rate of divorces, Mm -hmm. uh, I, don't, I come from a generation that literally the 80% of my close friends of father, parents are divorced. Mm -hmm. uh, so that institution has been failing a lot. And now people is not even getting married or even get, getting childs. Now is one of the lowest points of birthing in the world. Yeah. Do you think that is because we're not like getting uh, that we're not designed in this contemporaneous time to be together for a long time? Like, you know, if, if the grandparents generation, they were like for 60 years, 70 years, maybe in Mexico, like 15 child, 10 child, stuff like that. You don't see that anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you think that is these mechanics now on, on the sense on how we are relating today because I don't see now it's like uh, you see it I don't know somebody used to work like 50 years in the same work and that was safety right now people doesn't do that they don't, don't aspire to be longer than two three years they move boom 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 that's yeah. the, the, the structure I don't, have, I don't have like a moral right or wrong version for that answer I feel that it went from one extreme to another and it needs to find a natural balance so what I mean is that one extreme is that you have generations of parents well the one that you said there most parents are divorced but let's say the generations before that they would get married at 20 have kids and then be together their whole life were they happy I don't think so did they just stick together because that was a traditional thing to do? They did. Do I admire that? No, because I don't, I don't see any reason for us to sacrifice a whole lifetime out of some moral idea. I think mm -hmm. that we all have the capacity to find beauty and love in our lives. And if we really cannot find it in a certain place, life is very generous and it's going to bring us beauty somewhere. It's also less probable that those generations really talked about their feelings and problems. You know, when I do work with the older, older generations, people coming from those older generations, a lot of topics were taboo to speak about. And a lot of times they were in these kinds of household roles as man and woman or mother and father in the household, but never really had a certain type of friendship where they could really be vulnerable and share and communicate with each other openly. So that was one extreme. And now we're in the extreme where everything's disposable. Everything. And when it comes to relationships, people don't even want to have conflict. They don't want to face themselves because they don't even want to face themselves in their own life. They don't have mm -hmm. to feel. 
because they can always pull out their phone and scroll through their Facebook to distract themselves. They can get online and chat. They have millions of movies online that they can watch. There's so many distractions to not want to feel. And if you're in a partnership and relating with somebody, things are going to come up. You have to communicate. If you don't want to deal with your own feelings individually, why would you want to deal with your own feelings in conjunction with someone else's feelings? That's even Mm -hmm. more intense. Mm -hmm. So then people tend to disconnect. I mean, it's people don't even know how to speak. They break up over text. They get together through text messages and they break up through text messages. That is crazy. (laughs) People don't even want to have conversations on the phone. It's like now it has become impolite to call somebody without warning. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's crazy. And if you showed up at someone's house without letting them know (laughs) where you're coming, like, forget it. You're like the devil. Like, what are you doing here? Call the police. (laughs) Yeah, call the police. Like, exactly. So also that social awkwardness that people experience and the things that we just described makes it very difficult for people to have relationships because relating requires communication. It requires being able to communicate about your feelings and what is going on for each individual person and then resolving them. People don't know how to resolve things. I mean, I, I, I literally have worked with couples where if there is a conversation that is going to go in the direction of pointing out something that may even seem to be criticizing the other person, seemingly criticizing they cannot handle it and why well trauma yeah we're all dealing with trauma if we grew up with parents that criticized us all the time if i even lovingly want to tell you hey when we're making love i really enjoy it but i really wish you could just slow down a little bit you're out the door like oh you're telling me something else that's wrong with me and i'm super triggered from my childhood because i was always told that there was something wrong with me now i can't even take beautiful advice that I should really honor because you're not really criticizing me. You're not really trying to hurt me. You're just trying to bring more beauty. Can I have that emotional maturity enough to just listen, to stay with what I'm feeling, maybe even share, you know, I, as you're sharing this with me, the only things that are coming up is I'm thinking, oh, I'm doing everything wrong and I'm being so hard on myself right now. Now I'm sharing that. Now we have another conversation. But people need to have communication skills and we no longer have communication skills. We only know how to comment on people's social media posts. That's intense. Fusion communication creates, because even speaking about comments on social media, I'm noticing that because lately I've been more active on social media. And I noticed I put out a little clip of what I'm saying and the many opinions that people have about what I'm saying. And some of them are right on point. Other people think that they agree with me, but it's actually different from what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And then people that completely disagree, but they don't understand what I'm saying. And then all of those people start arguing with one another. So I'm watching people arguing in my comments about their ideas. And I'm like on the sidelines and I, their conversations have nothing to do with what I even said because none of them actually 
understand what was even communicated or what I intended to communicate. That could also be on my side. But that is a microcosm of the macro of what's going on in our world. Our communication skills are crap these days. And at the same time, everybody thinks they know a lot. And this access to the internet and access to our seemingly open expression of our voice, which like I said, is not true because so many posts get taken down. So it's not full expression, but this seemingly opportunity to express ourselves have given us this opportunity to think we know everything and we can say whatever we want. It's just, it, it, it's a lack of humility, too much ego and a really lack of elegance and finesse when it comes to communication. And those are the skill sets that we need in relationships. But there's no such a school for this, no? There's nobody to... Life to is your school. Get off the internet, call your friend, show up at their house, have a tea with them, have a conversation be human <laughs> that's your skill set you're going to get your skill sets by practicing you're, you're not going to learn how to walk just watching videos on the internet although i could disagree with my own self there you will <laughs> learn by actually getting up and standing up and walking yeah you may tumble you may fall but you will do it through practice in the same way that if I wanted to learn how to do anything, ride a bicycle, I have to get on that bicycle and I will fall and I will have better days and then I will have worse days when I keep my balance in it. That's what relating is about. And most people don't even practice. They're scared of relationships. I mean, how many people even now are completely isolated? They're literally scared of allowing people into their life. They're lonely, they're sad, they're at home, eating their ice cream and watching Netflix on a Friday night. Nothing wrong with that, I guess. Who am I to judge? <laughs> but, but they're at the same time completely scared of is someone even saying hi to them. And the amount of friction that we create between men and women nowadays is creating a lot of problems for everybody. Because again, I'm, I just recently made a post and then women come up and they're like, what the fuck does it matter what men say or think? They can all go to hell. I'm like, seriously? Your whole world revolves around what men think. Probably a thousand things that you do in a day is because of what you care about what men think. But with that attitude, it's completely backwards and twisted. And we're all human. You should care what you think and feel about yourself as an individual. The most important person to you is you. Be good with you. Nothing else matters. But once you're good with you, honor and respect other people. Love other people. It's a very isolating experience to not love. It's a very isolating experience to hold hatred toward anybody to be angry toward anybody. And the only person that suffers is the one with the hatred and the anger. So that th this kind of gender wars that have been created, these, these ideas that men are such and such and women are such and such is insanity to me. We're all humans having a human experience, all with our challenges, all with our desires to love and be loved. 
And all of us need to have compassion for one another and to love and be loved by one another. Well, uh, definitely, uh, these are the values that need to come back to be promoted, you know, uh, and also I loved about how these like everybody to make love in order to bring health and safety is, <laughs> uh, but it's true. And, uh, and thank you so much for sharing all this and speaking about triggers, what I would like is to, well, first to remember to the people that is hearing us about these powerful tips that we spoke, uh, I think that something that worth to remember is about like getting this collection of memories that can be our library of frequencies that we can use mm -hmm. to think on the frequency of love. I think that is something super powerful that you shared uh, mm -hmm. among other things on the different, of the different ways of connecting. But uh, getting back to the triggers, uh, I would love to speak about on how we can approach, because for me, as I mentioned it, simply to approaching one or two of your videos at the beginning changed my perception and mm -hmm. I embodied it. And it has been a work that is endless because you only discover and discover. And it, it uh, began, it was sparked by sexuality and then it grew to my growing understanding or acceptance of the reality energetic reality that we live but uh, i would love to speak about uh, some of the offerings that you're sharing so the people that get interested on this talk and that would like to be more curious about on how to approach on what do you share uh, is the different offerings that you have now so mm -hmm. we have uh, the upcoming horizon, uh, the energy tune. If you can mm -hmm. share us, what is this? So energy tune um, it was, it's really an alternative for the private sessions that I do. So for those that are unaware, I do a certain type of energy work that uses our sexual energy to activate the body. And to use the orgasmic states that come naturally with this um, activation for healing and for rebalancing the body in many ways. But energy tune for myself was for all of us to vibrate higher as one. So just like we talked about that when we're making love and we generate this energy and we become these antennas for high vibratory uh, states, energy tune is that not only does it bring the body into a healing state of balance emotionally physically and mentally but it also allows for all of us individually in the comfort of our own homes to be antennas for high vibratory states so on a practical level what it looks like is that i will do a little intro just a little sharing and the energy tune that we're organizing at adan love academy and myself is for men only I just feel there's really a lack of support for men and men's issues. So I want to talk about in that energy tune, the importance of a man's desire and how that desire can be used to empower him versus to, um, to be an ally for him versus a liability, an asset versus a liability. And, and then it will follow with doing energy work where potentially all the men there 
have the opportunity to experience what you saw in that video, which is a man's full body orgasm, because there really is no space and time when it comes to energy and all of that could happen simultaneously to everybody's homes, wherever they are, all together. And that's energy tune. And then what I'm also doing is two retreats, nine day residential retreats in Tulum. There's one in September, there's one in October. Both of them are sold out for women. There's a waiting list for women now if ladies want to sign up for the waiting list. And we do have room for, I believe, one more couple to each of the retreats. And then I think there's like two spots for men on one retreat and four for the others. So um, limited spots, but I really want to encourage men to come because all these things that me and you have talked about are addressed there. So for people dealing with all kinds of issues, imbalances, or places where they want more out of life, that is the journey of exploration. It's about us exploring what it means to be human and understanding how to relate differently to ourselves, to others, to our sexual energy, using this type of energy work to activate and align us to our spirit. Well, beautiful. Uh, I would like to share about my experience when I worked for you for first time online. <clears throat> and among all these surprises <clears throat> and these new discoveries that I made, uh, made and getting to work with you closer, open more gates. Uh, I remember the first time we worked together and we did it online. I met you uh, in LA. I remember we were, I went to this uh, small course that uh, you were uh, co-hosting and uh, I remember that I went very fast and I didn't have a chance and I was getting to know the work and then I told you hey, I didn't have chance to have a session but I remember you told me yes but we can do it on a distance I was like, was like I don't understand yes, we can <laughs> I'm do just it on a, a marketing distance. guy <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> hey what I'm the marketing guy <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the, that's the, the hashtag eh? i'm just a marketing guy <laughs> but well actually yes i was only that and when you told me that i was like but yes yes you told me we can connect through skype and i didn't understood anything i was like okay i will follow the directions and you were in LA, I was in Mexico, and I was like, what will happen? What's, I, I just don't understand this. And I lay down, and I just follow your guidance on breathing, on breathing without any breath work, uh, specific structure or something. And oh my God, I began to feel my body like never that I remember. Immediately, I remember that it began in in my feet and to feel tickles. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. And at certain point I just surrendered and it was an intense session. I cried, I had orgasm, everything. I was shaking. I was yeah. like <laughs> fighting against with the hand things, <laughs> everything. And it was so powerful. And I remember when we finished, you were so loving and so like holding the space in such a beautiful place. And you just left me there and you were like, tomorrow we talk. And I was, you know, like with my <laughs> eyes open, I'm just a marketing guy face. 
But I was like, what happened? What is this? But you know, in my mind, what was happening and my body, it was first like what I felt, you know, I went, I, I went like when I born for first time, that was my first vision. Uh, but I felt so many things. I felt that my body was like, uh, which is a huge, uh, a, a big system where energy was flowing where it didn't used to flow you know, a super complex plumber system. And, yeah. <laughs> and it felt refreshing, you know, but all, also it was like, wow, what happened? I felt like a bit uh, excited in awe about life, but also like how she did it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which button she pushed, you know? And that was the biggest thing because it was like how she did it. <laughs> And, but that, Sasha, it has been one of the most wonderful gifts I have had, which is an answer that has, that is opening every day more questions for myself, but that really helped me to em in embodying it, to understand, not to understand, to accept life. So I strongly suggest this and this new offering, which is Energy Tune, that we already we organized one, I think two years ago. Yeah. It's it's on a to share this on a massive way on the comfort of your house, and it's not a it's not a Skype app that Sasha is using. It simply is the channel of how to channelize energy uh, and, and just to spark the energy that we already have. So I strongly suggest this, uh, this experience and also it's so special when it's with so many people connected. I remember we had people from Japan, people from Europe, people from Australia, from every, uh, many different parts in the world. It was truly magical. So I really encourage you to take the first step and to be curious and to give this gift to yourself as men and experience this. And this is such a, a gift that I strongly suggest you guys to take it. And Sasha, all my gratitude for this space, for sharing your perspective, for trans giving this transmission of wisdom. I am sure that many people will resonate and spark more curiosity and getting inspired on set on action uh, on the next days or seconds uh, after hearing this so thank you so much for creating the space thank you so much for being an inspiration for this project for love academy because you are where and keep being a big inspiration for it in order to spark these beautiful campaigns about have conscious love and elevate and rise our energy and literally to make love so Thank you so much. And please, uh, about the retreats, you can get on Sasha's website. You can approach us also. Uh, and about Energy Tune, uh, check Love Academy Org and Instagram, Sasha's channel as well. And uh, our page, loveacademy.org. And thank you so much again, Sasha. Thank you, Alan. Pleasure to connect with you as always. Thank you, Sasha. Thanks.